I am talking with Daniel Levin, and uh, Daniel's been working on some interesting projects, particularly uh, a book he's written called Mosaic, and uh, Daniel is all about making some real connections, and that's part of what we're doing here on this podcast, is making some real connections, but also talking about them. So, D Daniel, tell, tell us, what's, what, what is happening in the world of connections, and What's your feeling about it? Because, you know, I have, uh, I don't know, 17 million LinkedIn followers and maybe a hundred of them are people I actually talk to. So yeah. what yeah. do you think? Well, I don't know, but I want to be connected to your 17 million followers. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> I exaggerate, of course. No, I, of course you do. <laughs> but it, isn't, it, isn't it amazing that we live in the most connected time the world has ever known? And so many of us feel isolated and alone. So many of us try and build up our social media with friends that are just like what you say. I mean, I do it too. Everybody does it. Right. But those aren't real connections. Those aren't real friendships. Just because they're a friend and they like something that I say doesn't mean that I have any idea who they are, what they believe, what pains them, what makes them happy, what they feel about uh, an issue in the world. We, we are more disconnect in, in, a, in the most connected time in the world's ever known, we're more disconnected than we've ever been. We know what's happening 15,000 miles away, three seconds after it happens, but we don't even know the name of our next door neighbor. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That, that, that's really amazing. And that's true there. I have neighbors, you know, they're uh, nod to neighbors, right? <laughs> we never talk. We just Two nod neighbors. at each other. Right. Not the neighbors. Yeah, that's going to be the, that should be the name of our next book. I like it. Not two neighbors. <laughs> so, really, what is the digital time? All four, because it's not going away. It's only going to get more and more and more and more. Um, we have to understand how to coexist and how our connected reality to that world is going to make us more connected to things, more connected to each other, rather than less connected to each other. And if I can say it, and I, I, and I, want your, I, I would love your feedback on this. All my life, I grew up walking away from amazing opportunities that most people would have said are heaven on earth opportunities. All in search of something people would laugh at saying, are you just going to find yourself again? Right. Uh -huh. Right. I grew up in the 60s and the 70s, right, where everybody was finding themselves. But now, as I look back on the world that I've grown up in, what I see is a lot of people that have some money, but not many people that have contentment. I see a lot of people that are looking for the next click funnel that's going to work for them, but not many people that know really how to connect. I look at a lot of people who think they know their business, but they don't know themselves. And so how can we know any, how can we know what we're doing in the world if we don't even know who we are, who's doing it? I think that's a good point. I think that's a very good point. And we, we get so, so busy doing activity or doing actions that we think are making something happen. And sometimes they do, sometimes they make things happen. Um, but it's, it's not they, different. It, 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 it is very different than from, uh, when you had to actually talk to people because you, 
that's the only way you could get a reaction is if you talk to them. Yeah, well, uh, it, there was there was a time where we did business with a handshake, right? Oh, yeah. We we looked each other in the eye. The the thieves that stole from us had to literally come into our house or into our pockets to take what they want. Now they go sit behind the screen. They enter into my into my bank account. They drain my bank account, and I don't even know that it's happened until a few hours later when I wake up the next morning. I mean, the world we live in has become. In, in incredibly small now, but it isn't bringing with it the same level of um, relationship, the same level of connection, the same level of friendship that we once had when it was a, a much when the world was more distant. Right. And so the question is, how do we connect now in a in a world? This is a really interesting conversation. I don't have it often, Tron. Well, good. But this is an interesting conversation. Ever since species has been on this planet, it's been the most intelligent species on the planet. Right. Would you agree with me? Uh, at least from our point of view, yes. Uh, from our point of view, at least. Okay. Right. Um, but we are coming upon a time, and it's already starting to infiltrate into us, where within five to 20 years, we will no longer be the most intelligent species by any standard. AI is rapidly growing into our existence. Oh, yeah. In a way, 90% of the we have, 90% businesses that we have, 90% of the, of the businesses in the Fortune 50 will be no long, will be out of business. They'll be extinct. They, there'll be no reason to have them anymore. Yeah, and I don't think and anybody unless, appreciates what this next next is going to look like because it's not going to be the kind of disruption that we had in the Industrial Revolution or uh, in the Information Age or whatever. Uh, what is it going to look like? And, and what is that going to do to connections? Because uh, AI is going to be telling you what your connections are. AI, AI is going to be our connection. And so, and on top of that, we don't talk about it because it sounds weird and they want to put you in a Looney Tune when you talk about it. But science, science knows beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are not the, the only planet in the world or the galaxy or the universe or whatever the biggest quali qualifier of that information is. We know now through science that, that there's life in other places other than Earth. And what will happen when we have a convergence of AI, which is going to be growing exponentially with, 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 with um, gal galactic intelligence or, or, or extraterrestrial intelligence? And we are going to coexist now at maybe the, at, at, at the third level of intelligence on the planet, maybe the fourth, maybe mammal, maybe dolphins will be more intelligent. Who knows what that right. is? And, and for, a, for a civilization or a species or a people that define ourselves by what we do rather than who we are, unless we prepare for the future that's coming, this is the um, catastrophic for us. Well, it's, it's going to be very different. I mean, we have for whatever, 10,000, 50,000 years, 
lived on the personal connections we had with people because it wasn't that long ago where we were hunting and gathering in groups. And if our little society didn't uh, understand each other and take care of each other, we didn't make it to the next season. Yes. Yes. And so here's the beautiful thing. Everything that I'm talking about now is not what my book's about. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My, my book, The Mosaic, is a simple little fable. It's a story about a boy who loses his parents two years apart on the same huh. day. And when he asks the adults where his parents are, they tell him they're in a place called heaven. Right. So this little boy, missing the connection of the unconditional love of his parents puts aside everything else in the world. Nothing in the, in the world means anything to him. All he wants to do is find that people heaven where Right. Well, and that makes sense Along, from that age, right? From that age, that's how, that's how you would interpret the story. That's what he would do. And only does it make sense, it's sort of a story. So I walked away from the opportunity to start of a company and working at the top with the that I was given the billion dollar company mm. because it wasn't it wasn't the heaven that I was for right I helped build and grow one of the biggest public self the biggest self-help publishing company in the world from a from a three million dollar a year company to a hundred a million dollar a year mm. company over a 10 year span yeah. and I and I walked So Daniel, <laughs> yes, you were walking away from another opportunity because it was not the heaven you were looking for. Yeah, and it was only when I started writing the mosaic that I realized I had been given so many opportunities here on earth to have everything everybody would ever want. But I walked away because it wasn't what I was looking for. And finally, in writing the mosaic and 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 writing the story, which is really sort of my story. Yeah. I realized the people that I met along the way were not the classic archetypes of the people you would think would be someone who could show you heaven. They were a juice man and a gardener and a trash man and a, and a street worker and a homeless guy and a blind woman yeah. and a waitress. They were, they were not what you would say to your kids. I want you to grow up and be this when you get older. Right. But I guarantee, I guarantee you, I would give every cent of everything that I have if my son decided to be the trash man of the mosaic. Uh-huh. Because the trash man in the mosaic in the story, Moe's just Moe's the main character. He's the protagonist. Yeah. And he's walking with nothing in his, in his hands and nothing on his back, just the clothes on his, on his body. And a trash truck pulls up beside him and says, um, do you have any trash? And Mo looks at the looks looked at trash man and thinks, "What are you crazy? You see, I have nothing. I'm walking just with nothing. Right. And like, where where would that trash come from? And and he's just about to say that to the trash man until he looks in the trash man's eyes. Uh huh. And he realizes the trash man isn't talking about physical trash. Right. Right. He's talking about what's blocking you from. Is there anyone? To thoughts, belief systems, uh, ways of being that are, that are preventing you from doing what you've come here to do. Yeah. And he puts for a minute and he says, yes, I think. 
And the trash man gets out of the truck and he says, can I help you out house? Into, into Mo's house, into his body, into his, into his state of being. Yeah. And he helps, and he helps him take out these beliefs that are, that are kept, have kept him. And he says, I'm going to put him now into the truck. If you're ready, I'm going to put him into the truck. And as soon as I put him into the truck, we're going to grind them up. So they're not going to be here anymore. Is that okay with you? And Mo says, absolutely. I would love that more than anything in the whole world. I would love that. And, he's, and he grinds it up. And he gets back into the truck and he looks back before he does. And he says, are you okay? Mo says, fine. And he says, let me just show, tell you this. You can recreate those at any point in time if you want, because they're just your thoughts and your beliefs. But now we've taken them away from you and you don't have to be limited by them yeah. anymore. So why would you recreate them? So, but I'm going to drive away now. So you're free to do whatever you want with them, but enjoy the freedom of not having these limited beliefs. Right, as long as you can stand it. <laughs> As long as continue. Right. And, and what would that world show you? What would you see if you could see the world differently than you see it? What could you see if you, if beliefs and things that hold you bound were no longer there? Yeah. And in essence, that's the theme of the book. It's about connection on one hand, but it's a book about what would happen if we could see what we don't see. Right. And all too, and all too often, we just live in our same silos. Of course. We live... We live with the people who believe like us, think like us, feel like us. I mean, look at the political st status of the country right. today. It doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on, you're on a side. Yeah. And until we get out of the side consciousness and come into the middle, until we me melt down the silos of like-mindedness, which used to feel so good, because when we felt alone with no and nobody believed like us, we found a group of like-minded people and we just celebrated. We thought, oh my God, these people <laughs> think like me. I'm not as weird as I I'm not as weird as I thought right, I was, right? right? I love these guys. And we stayed there and we built and we made it stronger and, and, and our voices became louder and more people were saying the same thing. But then everything has a beginning and a middle and an end. Yeah. And right now it's community because what they're doing. They're getting bigger and stronger in the silos of like-minded communities is getting larger and deeper. And what's happening in the very fabric of our society torn apart by like-minded communities can only see what they see and not see anybody sees. And anybody who sees what something they wrong. Right. They're no longer worried about solving the problems of the world. We're worried about the fact that our side solves the problems of the world. Yeah. We're no longer worried. And you don't, have to, you, you don't have to look at it just in government. Look at it in religion. Look at it in business. Look at it. Everybody is trying to sell everybody else on something that will make them better. What if they didn't need to be? What if right. we were all just fine? Right. Well, are you with me? Or, or is that, of course. I'm crazy. No, so m one of my favorite authors is Jonathan Swift, and I and I love his story about the big Indians and the small Indians. You know about them, right? Yes, yes, yes. So you know what a wonderful story. You know, I crack my egg on the big end, and you crack your egg on the little end. So you must be an yes. ass. So, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So really, the work. So. The story is exquisite and it, it makes people feel 
something they never felt before because it, it's, it's sort of a celebration of the ordinary. In a world where everybody's trying so hard to be extraordinary, the mosaic's a celebration of the ordinary. And that, that sometimes makes people uncomfortable. Right. Because when I ask you on a scale of one to 10, with one being what you never want to be and 10 being what you would die to be, where would you put the word ordinary? Uh, well, I, I, I use a different term. I, I just think people should strive to just be regular, you know, just, and, and I find that sometimes in interactions with people is that they're either try too hard or they're, or they have some weird feeling about themselves that makes them act weird. And I just want to say, just, just act regular. It's fine. Just, just be regular. <laughs> So maybe I love that's that. ordinary. Maybe that's the same. I love thing. that. And and you are already you're you're already a thoughtful person. So but when I ask the world in general on a scale of one to ten, with one being what you'd hate to be and ten being what you'd love to be, where do you place the word ordinary? Ninety percent plus, say a one or a well, two. Well, right. Right? When I ask the same question, same scale, one being what you don't want to be and ten being what you'd love, where do you place they say a 10. Right. They say, right. So I ask them and I say, maybe it's just a little bit of a qualm of the English language. Just answer me this question. Why do you ordinary is something you don't want to be? Why do you want to be extra something you don't want to be? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> okay. And they say, well, well, you misunderstood me. That's not how I really mean it. I said, okay, I understand. Right. But here's, but here's what the mosaic between the lines is speaking about. So why am I talking about between the lines all the time? Because I want people when, I want your listeners when they read this book and I want them to get it. I want them to get it from Amazon. I want them to buy, I want them to buy it today. Don't waste another day. Not because I want to make, make, I care about the few dollars I'm going to make from it. That's fine too. But I want them to get it because I want to alter and disrupt the way they think. What the mosaic taught me between the lines is that extraordinary things happen when extra ordinaries come together. Mm -hmm. We were not meant to be superheroes. All these talks about superpowers and superheroes and capes and masks is all just bullshit. Part well, of, of course, language. because it all just makes us loathe ourselves even more well, because yeah. we have to be something we're yeah. not. We, and regular you don't have to be anything more than you are it's hard enough just to be yourself try just being yourself yeah. right and when we get and we were never meant to solve the problems of the world on our own we were never meant to solve our problems on our own we were meant to come together as a mosaic of all different sorts of people of all different shapes and sizes broken and whole big and small and in in the union of us together we do things that we can never do before well, that's absolutely right. And every, every time I have an experience where I get together with a group that maybe had no reason to get together in the first place and has some goal or whatever, uh, it's pretty amazing what can happen. Yeah. You know, so I, 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 I had something similar happen not too long ago. I've been trying to build sales training platforms for a long time, and I've built so many of them. And you know, some of them were good, some of them were less good, but 
it's always, you know, sales training and team building are always painful for everybody because, you know, half the things you do are lame and half the other half don't always work. And so I thought, well, you know, this just has to be fun. So I just need to make a game out of it. And I had no idea how or what it was going to be. But I went to a local game jam and I just got up and said, hey, I want to make a sales training game because sales training's dull and boring and nobody likes it. And I got together with a couple guys and we came up with a little card game called Starship Junkyard, which is just hilarious and fantastic. Love people, people love playing it. And it's, you know, we just locked ourselves in a room for a weekend and just came up with the goofiest, silliest thing. And I would have never come up with 80% of what we came up with myself. I would have, you know, had like a, I don't know, what you used to call them, a flashcard game or something stupid like that. So it's, you're absolutely right. I mean, you you can't even expect sometimes what, what happens from these collaborations. So, but it's hard, it's hard sometimes to just be open to them because, you know, we have goals, we have, uh, you know, thoughts, we have biases, all that stuff. And if those things are, goals and our biases and our thoughts are working no reason to be open to it working we're, we're we're doing what we need to do we're happy with where we are but often what happens season our goals are seen did you ever see sure where one looks like an old a young socialite right do you right. know what i'm talking yeah 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 so, so popular now that we and we won so many times that when now we're able both flash back and forth, even though we can't see them both at the same time. We can change our so quickly that one we see one, one second we see the other. But yeah. when we first saw it, the amazing thing was when I first saw it, old hag, I couldn't see the young socialite. Someone said to me, Do you see the young socialite? I said, Get out of here, that's old hag. They said, No, do you see the young socialite? I said, No, you're crazy. Are you that? Yeah. And here's the thing what happens is our thoughts, our biases, and our goals literally prevent us from seeing the other things that are available. Right. What we see blocked, like I, my old hag blocked me from seeing the flashlight. Believe in what we see prevents us from everything else that's right in front of our eyes. It's not like a hocus pocus and we do it. It's not a trick. It's right there in front of our eyes. Right. It's a perceptual shift. Okay. Yeah. You're talking about what you did with in your game. Are you familiar with something called swarming? Uh, I've heard about it, but I've never studied it, right? Okay. So let me share with you a, a, a fascinating story. These people were starting to get involved with AI, and they were starting to wonder if there was any way through AI that they could get humans to participate in what they called swarm intelligence. Swarm intelligence is if you look at birds, the way they fly, oh, yeah. fly information, and, and they move perfectly. With each other. It's amazing. It's amazing. And you, there is no lead. There's not time to, to lead. As long as one goes down, all go, they all go down at the same time. Right. As you look at a, at a, a group form of fish, they do the same thing. But you don't see human behavior. You see group mentality, gang mentality, where someone tells the others what to do. They don't lead. They lead because they're, they're scared not to follow. 
But so they decided, why don't we try to see if we can get humans to participate in swarm intelligence? And, and somebody immediately, as soon as they heard they were going to do it, just scoffed at them and said, oh, yeah, you think you're so smart. That'll never work. And they said, you might be right. We just want to try. Why don't you give us a challenge? And they said, okay, we'll give you a challenge. We want you to pick the winners of the Kentucky Derby, but we don't want you to just pick the first place horse. We want you to pick first, second, third, and fourth. And they said, there's a 560,000 to one chance that the odds are 568,000 to one that you won't be able to do. Right, said, right, right. Let's try Let, Let's try it. Who, who knows what's going to happen? We, we're, we're not committed to this working. We just want to see if it can work. They put together 60 people from around the world. They, were not, they weren't handicappers. They weren't uh, horse trainers. They weren't professional gamblers. They weren't uh, trainers. They were people who liked horse racing, different people from all around the world. And they put them into a virtual room. So they stayed in, far away from each other, but came into, through the internet to a virtual room. And in the middle of in the room was an octagon. And on each corners of the horse, of the octagon was a horse's mm-hmm. name. Okay. And they said to the 60 people, pick the horse that's going to come in first. And the 60 people made a selection. They did the same thing with second, third, fourth. Do you know that in a very short period of time, those 60 people picked the first, second, third, and fourth place horse correctly? Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. Now, here's the even crazier thing. Not one of them picked the first place horse to come in first. (laughs) Not one of them picked the second place horse to come in second. Only one of them picked the third place horse to come in third, and nobody picked the fourth place horse to come in fourth. So this group of 60 people in a, in, a, in a virtual room moving a virtual square to a point on an octagon came up with answers that none of them individually, it wasn't like the group of 30 of them already knew this one was going to come in first and everybody else followed. Nobody on their own would have done that. But collectively, they came up with answers to questions they would never be able to do yeah. on their That's own. amazing. That's the, that's the paradigm of the mosaic. That's a collected consciousness. That's a mosaic, that's a mosaic thought process. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to bring into the world right now. A, a paradigm shift from a vertical reality where our business, in our businesses, we tell people what to do. We talk a lot and listen a little to a mosaic reality where everybody shows up and every voice is listened to and every voice is heard and collectively we come up with solutions. That sounds like a good plan. And I'm going to go by the mosaic as soon as I'm done talking to you. <laughs> Thank, you. Want, Thank you. I want to delve in a little bit deeper because uh, uh, it makes sense. And from my, my management experience, uh, many times the most successes I've had was with the lightest touch. So. <laughs> touch and Tron, if a lot of times I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking in, my new, in, a, in a newsletter that I just developed. It comes out Sunday mornings, early in the morning I send it out, but it comes out only once a week. It's not a barrage of emails. It's, if anybody's interested, um, I don't know, maybe they can connect with you and, and just send their email, say, I want to be on the email list, or they can go to the mosaiconline.com and uh, email me there. 
or, or find me on social media said, I want to be on your email. Oh, I want to be on your email list because none of only everything that I'm saying is in the mosaic, the book that I wrote, but it's in the spaces between the words. Nice. That's where a lot of learning takes place. So the mosaic.com, right? Oh, the mosaic.com. Mosaic online. Dot com the mosaic online.com yep. all right yep excellent well when i'm done talking to you i'm going to go to the mosaic online.com and make sure i'm signed up and get myself a copy of the book because uh uh there's many many days where my little brain goes oh <laughs> and yeah no totally right? the other place you can get it if you want the book quicker is you just go to amazon and they'll get it out to you quick as quick as all possible. right perfect perfect okay but here here's the amazing thing for entrepreneurs in general it's a lonely life we're living we we are trying to this on our own we create masterminds we create groups. but if we weren't running our business from a whole relationship, but we run our business from a collective place. We just got to get other people where we didn't have to silo up because we were scared of giving over information that might make you and me be together. And for you, we can say, as one of us succeeds, we all succeed. Like they say that when, it, when the tide comes in, every ship in the harbor gets raised up. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. How do we how do we change to a reality where we're not scared? We cooperate with each other, where we're not where our side doesn't have to be better than your side, because there is no better or worse. The thing I have is a lot become so easy to believe. We call it the truth. The truth (laughs) has become so hard to believe. We call it a lie. But the truth isn't a lie. And the lie isn't true. And the truth is that we're all connected. We're all part of each other. And, and it's, it's so hard to believe that because you're sitting in, in where? Missouri, yep, I read? Yep. How the heck's a guy go from Brooklyn to Missouri? That's another That's conversation. Another conversation. Okay. <laughs> That's another conversation. And I'm sitting in San Diego, California. So, and, and you're a good-looking guy, and I'm an old, and I'm an old guy, <laughs> right? So how, you, how, well, you, you just may need some glasses, but you're, you're, that, you're, you're all right. <laughs> How in the world can anybody say connected when this is the first time we met the we're talking about the world capacity to say we're connected? I mean that's crazy. Look at the world Why? of quantum physics. <laughs> huh? Why? Right? Why why so, is it so, so well, because it just doesn't make any sense. Are so you gonna say that right. you and I are it the same? Right? But when you look at the world from a different see what you don't see. When instead of looking at this body of form and seeing form, when you look at this body of form under a microscope, you don't see any form. You see swirls of energy. Mm-hmm. You see atoms and neurons and protons and whatever. I'm not smart enough scientifically to know what makes it up, but you see swirls of, of things moving. You don't see anything solid in this body yeah. that makes up the solid body. It's right? a matter of perspective. It's a matter of perspective. So it is energy moving in, at a certain speed and a certain amount of light that gives the appearance that we are solid. It's like walking into a movie theater and seeing the screen in front of us is all white. There's nothing mm-hmm. on it. 
And two minutes later, everything goes dark. A light comes from the back of the theater. And all of a sudden, we see these images all over there that look as real as could right. be. They look so real that we hate that guy. We love that guy. We hope the woman will fall in love with this one. And this one, oh my God, she died. I can't believe it. I'm crying. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing real there. Uh, right. Right? So what would we see if we could see what we don't see? What would it mean if we would understood that we're energy and that we're connected and that energy moves so quickly that what you are exhaling right now, I'm inhaling the same in the same moment. That we have the ability to reach out to any of those atoms that exist in the world and connect to them and have anything we want. We're one connection away from having all the, all the financial security we want. We're one connection away from having the, the, the lover we want. We're one connection away from having peace in the world rather than, than, than disharmony. We're one connection away from every single thing that exists. If we would only see that we just have to get out of the silo we're in and just reach out for it. Well, that sounds like a good thing to spend a little time on is get out of the silo and reach out for it. And so I would encourage everybody to get your get your newsletter, start thinking this through a little bit. It's, uh, I think, certainly more productive time than, uh, you know, scrolling through the updates on my phone and to see the same old, same old again. So, Daniel, I've, it's been a wonderful conversation, and uh, this might be a good place to wrap it up for this time. And hopefully we'll get totally. a chance to talk again, because uh, now that we're connected, we're connected, right? So, Love yeah. it. Love it. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome, and thank and you so much for being here. So, themosaiconline.com is the place to go, correct? Absolutely. And the All book right. is the Mosaic. You can get it at themosaiconline.com or on Amazon. All my social media links are at themosaiconline.com in, my, in, the, in the about section. So connect with me. Let me hear from you. Let me hear what it is you think, what you want, what you feel, because we are all in this together. That's for sure. We are in this together. Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. I, I appreciate it. And I hope to talk to you it's again my, soon. It's my honor, Tron. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye now. What do you do for sales training when sales training is so frustrating and seems so counterproductive sometimes? right? Because the people getting trained are sometimes resistant or sometimes they've been through so many training courses where they just tune out everything you say and you sound like the teacher in Charlie Brown. Sometimes the people doing the training are so frustrated because they come up with some really good material and go out in the field and prove some really good phraseology and techniques and approaches and then when they try to train it sometimes it doesn't work in reality the way it it worked for them or it doesn't work for the particular people doing it or the folks who get the training just don't feel like putting in the time to perfect it it's really frustrating for the trainers it's also really frustrating for the higher-ups, for the big bosses, because they invest in training and they invest in training materials. 
And sometimes the numbers don't move. And so they wonder, well, why are we doing this? What's the point? So I've come up with a couple different approaches for sales training that maybe are helpful. One idea is to make it a self-driven process where the salesperson is on their own sales journey, their quest for sales proficiency, their quest to be their own sales hero. So if you want to check that out, go to SolvingSales.com. That's all about my self-driven sales journeys program. And you can subscribe to that for, I think right now it's $5 a month. I'm making it super easy so people can get in there and start creating their own journey to sales mastery. SolvingSales.com. SolvingSales.com. Thank you. What do you do for sales training and team building exercises? What do you do for customer service training and team building exercises? I know you're trying all kinds of things and there's some good stuff out there. But I swear, if anyone ever asks me to do another trust fall, my brain's going to explode. So let's come up with something different. I've been trying to find something different for a while. And I thought, well, why not? Let's come up with a sales training game or a customer service training game. Something fun that everyone can get into and that they can laugh about and challenge each other and poke each other a little bit and feel some of the emotional ups and downs that you get when you're in customer service and sales. So I went to a game jam uh, headed up by the local regional economic development group here in Columbia and Boone County, Missouri. And I met uh, a group of game developers and we had so much fun that we ended up creating a game called Starship Junkyard, which is a great and hilarious way to do team building for your businesses, for your sales teams, for your customer service teams. And it's turned out to be just a great family and friends game too. Something you can sit down and play for half an hour or an hour or a great pub game. It's hilarious. It's called Starship Junkyard. And you can find it on Facebook at uh, the Starship Junkyard, the card game. You can buy it on thegamecrafter.com. Go to thegamecrafter.com and look up Starship Junkyard and buy a copy and play it. It's hilarious. So try that for your next team building exercise. Try that for your next sales training meeting. Sit down and play Starship Junkyard and you will be happy you did. Go check it out on Facebook, Twitter. Go buy the game at thegamecrafter.com. The Starship Junkyard, the card game. Thank you.